There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning in to this Thursday edition of the podcast. I'd like to welcome each and every one of our listeners. We certainly are thankful for you. I appreciate you tuning in listening as we begin the book of Hebrews. We're going to be in the second chapter today. I know we've already gone three podcasts in the book of Hebrews, a continuation of some things, but I'm probably going to be a little bit slower in the first part of this chapter. The Lord has given us some pretty clear thoughts, I believe, for today's podcast. I hope it's a help. I hope it's a blessing. We're not here to offend. We're here to help. We're not here to unduly offend, but we're here to be a blessing. And we want to just tell the truth of the word of God. And the Apostle Paul deals with them things, and he deals with them in verse 1 of chapter 2. And it says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Now, there's a couple of reasons why you will not hear. One is disinterest. Uh, another is a disregard for the Word of God. And don't care what God said. And that's where most folks are. That's why what I'm going to say today is going to be so abrasive to some, is they really don't care what God said. They're not concerned the slightest bit about what God says. And therefore, a man speaks. He could come and speak as at the oracles of God. And they're going to deny and say, God's not in that. God's not using that. God's not uh, dealing with people that way. We're under grace. We're not under law. But the word of God told us here to give heed. How do you give heed? You have to hear first, and then you need to obey what you hear. That's God's plan. It's the basis of salvation, the basis of the Christian living. It's the basis of all our life is we hear and obey. We live in a lawless generation. People hear the law. They don't obey the law. The state of Pennsylvania is required you take driver's education, and you're to take that education, and you're to uh, obey the laws. You have to pass a written exam as long as you're a U.S. citizen. You have to take a written exam. And pass that exam so that you can drive safely and legally in the state of Pennsylvania. What's in that exam? It's an understanding of driving law. And folks then plead ignorance. They get pulled over. I didn't know what the speed limit was. Well, at your driver's exam, it tells you a divided at-level highway in a subdivided neighborhood is 35 miles an hour and less posted. So you have no ignorance. The law was there. You may have forgotten it, or there's the guy that's driving 75 miles an hour because somebody tells him, you know, the police will not pull you over on the turnpike unless you're doing at least 80, and he gets pulled over, and he rants and raves at the police officer, and, you know, you're oppressing me, and you're against me, and they rant and rave about the law, but yet they're violators of the law. They took a pledge when they signed that document, they would uphold the laws of the state of Pennsylvania to have that driver's license. And then when the judge takes that license away because of the continued infractions of the law, they rant and rave and curse the judge and they hate the police. Why? They're rebels. That's how they live their life, lawless. Now let's apply that to the Christian today. Modern Christianity is a lawless religion. 
It's a religion without law. They will not hear what God said. That's why they love a New Testament-only gospel. You don't have to go back to the Old Testament and look at the law. You can get saved without the law in their churches. Now, I use the word saved pretty loosely there. But you can have an experience without the law. You can have an experience without conviction. You can have an experience without the Holy Ghost. You can have an experience based on emotion, based on worship-led drive, based on your personal thoughts and ideals or your buddy's thoughts and ideals. Can you imagine? Uh, you know, years ago, I remember somebody telling me in North Carolina, the governor even said that they wouldn't pull you over unless you're doing at least 15 miles an hour over the speed limit. So what did everybody do? They drove 14 miles an hour over the speed limit. It was a public proclamation that a man said to the police started pulling people over. People are screaming about it. They're ranting and raving about it. Why, they're lawless. Because they would not take heed. They heard, but they wouldn't take heed. We live in a generation today where murder abounds. Why? This is a lawless generation. At some point in their life, somebody told them, said, you know, you'll go to prison if you shoot and kill somebody. You'll stand before God as a murderer, but they weighed opinion, they weighed public opinion versus the law and versus the fact of the law, and they went with public opinion rather than go with God's law. And they said, well, you know what my friend says, my, uh, my culture says, my people say, they tell us, you know, if a man looks at your cross out, he deserves to die. No, God said a sinner deserves to die, but yet he gave his son that sinner doesn't have to die. They have no understanding of what God said because they refuse to be under the law. They will not take heed. So the Apostle Paul said, he said, take heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Now, I had to ask myself, what is the Apostle Paul referencing here? What things have we heard? And I looked at the epistle of Paul, the Apostle, to Hebrews. He's writing to the Jews. He's writing to his brethren. He's writing to the Hebrews. He's writing to those that need understanding of Jesus Christ, but they have the law of God. They've heard those things. They've heard about wearing those ribbons in their garments. They've heard about the phylacteries. They've heard about uh, bearing one another's burdens. They've heard about loving the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. They've heard these things. They heard all the understanding of the law of God. He said, give heed. Make sure you listen to these things. Make sure you obey these things. Why? He tells you, lest at any time we should let them slip. There's the disinterest. But I don't think it really applies to us today. We're under grace. Thank God we're under grace. We no longer have to do those things written in the law. But yet the lawlessness is what brings us to Christ. The lawlessness is that schoolmaster. It shows the law tells us you're lost. The law shows you you're lost to state. The law shows you you don't believe God. And he uses the law of God. And they say, well, just throw it out today. And I hear men all the time. They debate this matter and thank God for that precious man of God. He dealt with that in 1986. Just watched a message on YouTube of the Sammy Allen, 1986, Faith Baptist Camp. And he talked about cross-dressing. And boy, we're so far removed from that today. Why, we've let it slip. Men look like girls. Girls look like men. They cross-dress, interact, their hair's the same, their jewelry's the same, their outward appearance is the same. We've let that slip. Why have we let that slip? Because of lawlessness. We've let other people talk us into letting those things slip. We go to the court of public opinion rather than what God says. And public opinion is against God. And public opinion has always been against God. I was reading over there in Leviticus 19. I'm just going to read these verses. 
And in verse 26, you shall not eat anything with the blood, neither shall you use enchantment nor observe times. Most people would not fight with me, maybe eating the things served with the blood. I know there's a lot of cultures around here, even some of the Anabaptist cultures, they eat blood pudding and uh, they'll eat blood mush and they'll eat things like that when it's congealed and gelled, they'll eat the blood. And I don't, and I'm not trying to be a legalist. I think I find it disgusting. I find that iron repulsive. I find it a vile thing. Pagan cultures still do that in this world. That's what they do. Neither shall you use enchantment nor observe times. I don't think I'd have too many people trouble with that, but there's some churches you go in. There's people probably going down there sneaking, getting their horoscope just in case it works. You know, God's failed them, so you get your horoscope, make sure that works. Then he said, you shall not round the corners of your heads, neither shalt thou mar the corners of thy beard. A man should round the corners of his head. Why? This is a practice that God has forbid for the children of Israel, those under the law of God. And so the apostle Paul is telling them, these things are going to slip. You've heard these things. Don't let them slip. And now in the modern church, you go, well, those things aren't people's problem. That's, we got deeper problems than that. But he said, don't let them slip. And then it goes on. He says, you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Now, listen, I preached this one time a couple of years ago in a state far, far away. And all I did was read the verse, and a man was already on edge, already ready to contend with me. And he immediately, after church, he's angry with me, he's frustrated with me. And this is what he said. He said, you don't, need, you don't even know what these marks mean to me. And I looked him in the eyeballs, to the glory of God, to God be all glory. And I simply said, I don't know what they mean to you, but I know what they mean to God. And he got very offended, very upset with me. I had to try to appease him. Not by compromise, but just to try to get him to settle down that he wouldn't actually blow his stack. And he was threatened not to. By the way, he didn't come back that night. And within a couple of months, he was out of the church. Why? Because of something that meant so much to him that meant so little to God. And how many people out there are like that? Their bodies mean more to them than God does. Their flesh means more to them than God means to them. And we've let these things slip. You get up today and you're in this cool, hip church and you're up there showing your new crucifix marks and your 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 you know crucifix uh, you know tattoos, your John three sixteen tattoos and your eyelids tattoos and your wedding rings are tattooed on because it's the modern trend, it's the cool trend. And you read this verse, they go absolutely ballistic. Why? Because we've already let these things slip. And people say, well, that's the law. You can't put people under the law. Well, I'm glad you said that because the next verse in verse twenty nine says, "Do not prostitute thy daughter." to cause her to be a whore, lest the land fall to whoredom and the land become full of wickedness. I would like to present to you on this podcast that I don't think we should let that slip. I think it'd be wise, especially in the household of faith, if we didn't prostitute our daughters because God said not to do it. Not a pragmatic view, not because it's not wise, but because God said it. So if God told us not to mar the corners of the beard, not to make cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you, I am the Lord, I would say to you, I don't think we should prostitute our daughters. I don't think we should rent them out for a price just to make money. I don't care how destitute we get. I don't care how impoverished we are. I don't care how uh, we look and don't realize where our next meal is coming from. If we believe we're the household of faith, we ought to learn how to pray instead of prostituting our daughters. Now, if you want to contend over the law, contend over that verse. You want to contend over the things that are slipping, contend with that, lest the land fall to whoredom. It's about the land. He tells you that. The whole land of Israel is going to fall to whoredoms if this takes place. By the way, they did start doing, they started offering their seed to Moloch. 
They started fornicating. Balaam taught them to fornicate. That Baal Peor is with them to this day. They still have that idolatry in their hearts. Why? Because they did not keep the wickedness out of the land. And just because everybody's pushing against God and against the law and against the church, we ought not slip. And we don't take persons into account. We don't take personage into account. That's where a lot of people are faltered. That's where a lot of men are really being shallow in their ministry. They look at one friend of theirs, they don't want to offend them. That's why we got all the marriage problems we got. People that didn't want to offend people that had been divorced a couple of times, remarried a couple of times, didn't want to offend them, didn't want to hurt their feelings, so we just be, got real quiet about it. And children out of wedlock, oh, we had to get real quiet about that. Got people coming to our church. Boy, they're good folks. I know they're having a baby. They're not married, but they're good folks. We got quiet about it. We've let these things slip. What God said, we've let slip. And he told the church of the, of the Hebrews, he, and he tells the Hebrews to not let these things slip. What else would he be talking about? The things of God, the word of God, the truth of God, the law of God. We've let these things slip. We've been overrun with whoredoms in America, whoredoms in the church, godlessness in the church, children out of wedlock in the church. People don't even get married anymore. They attend church. Some are church members, and they sit there in fornication every day. She plays the role of the concubine. Many of them play the whore, and they sit in church, and we've let them slip. Why? Because we know somebody. And we don't want to offend them. We know somebody we don't want to hurt their feelings. We know somebody we don't want to offend them. We don't want to uh, actually make them feel bad about themselves. And so we've silenced ourselves on these things. If I was painted head to toe, if I was painted head to toe, I'd have to look in the mirror, look at myself every day, and I'd still go out and preach what I'm preaching. And if I had children that I paid child support, I'd still go out and preach what I'm preaching. And if I had played the whore and and father children across this country, I'd still go out and preach what I'm preaching. And if I myself had defiled myself and sold my children into whoredoms, I would still preach what I'm preaching. Let somebody else let it slip. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for grace. Thank God he saves sinners. We've let these things slip. We take personal situations and we let them slip. We don't want to offend. We don't want to hurt. And my, that's what Paul's speaking of. And there's a thousand other things I could say about this, and that's not a, probably any exaggeration. It might be 2,000, 3,000 things. We've let them slip, and he told us to not let them slip. Why? Because we've heard these things. We've received the Word of God with our ears. We are obligated to obey the Word of God. People fight against the Word of God because of their personal situation. They fight against the Word of God because of what they've experienced. They fight against the Word of God because of what their children are going through. They fight against the Word of God because everybody they know is living a different way, in a different manner, and they don't want to believe God. They don't want to, they don't want to be offended. They don't want to offend someone. I had a lady years ago, she told my wife, and she said, well, I dress a certain way because I don't want somebody to think I'm holier than thou. And I remember later on, and I didn't say this out loud to anybody, but in my heart, I thought to myself, lady, you better believe this. Nobody's going to think you're holier than thou. You can rest assured that's not going to take place. That's like me saying, well, when I get in my car, I just go ahead and listen to rock and roll music because I don't want anybody to think they're holier than thou. You know, when I go to a restaurant and they, they got the tap over in the corner, you know, hey, listen, I'll have a little wine for my stomach's sake. Have a little Coors Light wine for my stomach's sake because, you know, I, I just don't want somebody to think I'm holier than thou. And every once in a while, I'll, you know, I'll laugh at a dirty joke. I don't want somebody to think I'm holier than thou. He said to be holy, but you better live it. Not just talk it, you better live it. 
Now you're not going to live it unless you take heed and don't let these things slip. Well, we made it to verse one. Thank God for that. Take heed. Go ahead and get offended, get upset, get bothered by the podcast. That's fine, but take heed. We've let things slip. We've let them go. We have respect of persons. When somebody comes in, we give them the chiefest seat, not considering their ways, not consider their error, not consider an open sin, and they that sin rebuke before all that others may fear. Tell them it's wrong. Look them in the eyeballs and tell them it's wrong. They'll never get saved until they know it's wrong. You say, well, I'm not the one to tell them. God has to tell them. What do you think God uses? God uses men. He uses men to preach. He uses men to tell. He'll use a lady that'll just tell them the truth. Look them little girls in the eyeballs and say, hey, you look like a tramp. You ought to change your clothes. You look terrible. And love them and care about them and care about their well-being, that they might hear, that they might see, that they might know, that they might understand their lost condition. And they'll never see their lost estate until they take heed to these things. But friend, everybody today has let them slip. Everybody today has areas they've let them slip. And Paul told us, don't let these things slip. Take heed to the things which we've heard. Don't let them fall away from us. We'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, chapter 2. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Singing the glorious song of the redeemed.